Hello, welcome. I'm your host, Natalie, and this is another episode of The Shield Maiden. And today I wanted to talk about women's self-defense. I have had some questions about it, and, and you know, someone asked me, like, well, what do you think the best form of self-defense is? And, of course, I'm like, well, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Obviously, right? But there's a lot more to it, okay? Um... I believe, I'm an avid believer that you should know how to use a gun. I believe you should have self-defense weapons on you. Um, I believe that you should be prepared for the worst. So that way, if it ever does come, you're okay. You know, you, you are, you, you know, you have a high likelihood of getting out of it, right? So... I've had people ask me like, well, you know, what do you do? What do you provide? And, and what do you think is best? <clears throat> and I, at, at our academy, I do a couple of things. I, I, you know, I offer free seminars, which are usually anywhere between one to like three hours. I usually try not to push it longer than that. I don't think that on, I'm a big believer on making sure that you retain the information given to you because that's what's going to help you out the most. If I teach you all of this fancy schmancy stuff and you can barely even remember one technique because I showed so much, then the class was a bust. Hopefully you get what I'm saying. So every time I do a seminar, my goal is to make sure that I'm teaching basic, simple stuff that in the heat of the moment, if shit hits the fan, someone's going to remember, right? And it's going to help them. And so showing them like a 15 move technique on how to get out of a wrist lock is unrealistic and garbage. So I'm, you know, and I make little funny quips and I, I try to do this stuff so it's fun, but it's, you know, I'm also kind of serious about it. I, I, I always give examples. I give stories. I do, I do things like that. And, and I can't tell you how many times a person will come to my free seminar or come to one of my seminars and all of a sudden I'm having a, you know, like a, you know, story time session at the end of class. And, and some of the stories I hear, you know, it's just, it's, It's very scary and sad, and I think that it just pushes me to want to provide. You know, I never charge for a seminar, and if I do, it's usually for a reason. Like, um, like I charge for a seminar because I wanted to help out the women's shelter in our town, and so all proceeds went to the women's shelter. I sold t-shirts, I did a bunch of stuff, and, and all of that money went to them. So, that's the only time I charge. I also provide, so, you know, I do the seminars and the seminars are great to like get your foot in the water, but they're not, uh, you know, like in reality, what is a one class, a one hour to three hour seminar going to do for you five or 10 years down the road? I mean, I, I hope that it helps you in some way, shape or form, um, especially with the way I teach, but I also understand that it, it's not enough, okay? It's like understanding, seminars are like, you get the idea. So, you, you know, it's like you understand what geometry is 
you understand the idea, but the actual practice and application of geometry, you don't understand the rules and all that kind of stuff. And so when you go to take that test, if you just had one hour kind of overview and they kind of gave you the principles and the idea of it, and they showed you like one or two little things, it is definitely not the same as you actually being in a classroom setting or being with, a, with an instructor and then breaking it down, showing it to you and you practicing it um, over and over and over again in different situations and scenarios, right? And then when you go to take that test, well, you're gonna do a heck of a lot better on it if you had actually been practicing it and applying it um, consistently versus someone who just kind of eh, spent an hour talking about it. And that's the same with self-defense, martial arts, you know, fitness in general. So <clears throat> I also offer, besides the seminars, I also offer kind of a four to eight class course. And these courses are usually customized depending on what the client or the student wants. Now, I've had clients come in and I had like a mom, dad was a high profile businessman, and but they were living in Colombia. They weren't Colombian, they barely spoke Spanish. And so she was very concerned because it was a big thing there that, it, you know, like kidnapping children and holding them as hostage for money was a big thing. <clears throat> and so she wanted to make sure that her children had some kind of self-defense. Also, a big thing over there at the time was cutting cutting of hair. Like people would go in the malls and they would go in like the cafe and the and the kind of like con congregational areas where, you know, young people would gather and stuff at the parks and stuff. And people would run away, you know, run around with a pair of scissors, I guess. They'd grab the ponytails and stuff of the of the girls and they would cut them really quick. And, I, you know, like, it was completely, I was like, whoa, that's weird. But I guess over there, it, it's very, at the time, it was very sought after. So I had the mom being like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I, it would break my daughter's heart if all of a sudden they come over and cut her ponytail. She's, you know, and she was long, lean, beautiful, blue-eyed, blue blonde-haired teenager. So I was like, okay, well, then... If you're going to go out into those kind of settings where you are at risk, then you need to be prepared. Well, how do I prepare for hair cutting, right? I said, well, we're gonna wear our hair in tight braids on our head. We're gonna wear our hair in a bun and put a cap on, wear some kind of hat. I was like, that's what's going to help us not become a victim of this hair swiping event, right? And, um, so, so it's customizable is what I'm getting at. I know I kind of went off on, <laughs> that was a, that was a, that was definitely a one that I remembered. And so I try to customize it because I get a lot of people who are like, they, they were in a certain situation and they don't ever want to be in that situation again. A lot of times when I get people who come for self-defense, it's because they've already been forced or scared enough that they felt like they needed to defend themselves and that's okay I mean it's not okay that that happened to you obviously but it is a motivating factor for a lot of women unfortunately and so 
uh, you know, that's how most of them do kind of segue their way into martial arts. Unless, of course, I get a lot of the whole, you know, like the parents who kids get ready to go off college and wants to give them a quick course on how to, you know, how to handle a guy on campus or, or whatever the case. So with the with a four to eight week boot camp or not week, but the class boot camp, I, uh, you know, if I have somebody who's just so overwhelmed, I kind of ask them a little bit about themselves so I can get a gauge on what their life's going to be and what they may or may not encounter and then I give them the very basics and so throughout it they're going to learn about awareness avoidance uh, you know self different types of self-defense weapons that they are welcome to utilize and you, you know because I have some people who want to to conceal carry and then I have others that absolutely will not touch a gun and so I Uh, you know, I talk to them about their options. I tell them, I was like, you know, there's pepper spray, but there's pros and cons. There's you know, you can carry tasers. Here are the pros and cons. You can carry a gun. Here are the pros and cons. You can carry, um, a lot of people like I personally carry, I carry everything. I, I, I like it all. (laughs) Okay. But for, you know, for most women, it's like one or two things. And something they carry on them. So I, I really push the uh, the keychain self-defense tools that they have. Um, like currently on my keychain, I have a women or, or like a kind of a feminine feline. Um, it, it looks like an accessory. It, it really does. It looks like an accessory. And you get the little cat ears. I'm not a cat person, but I, I have this tool on my keychain for the specific reason of self-defense. And so it's just, it's a pink, just kind of, kind of looks a little frou-frou. And what you do is you, it has two big holes for the eyes and then the ears are very pointed and it's connected to your keychain. And what I do is I put my two fingers for my right hand because I'm right hand strong. That's the one I write with and punch with and brush my teeth with. And so I'll put it in my hand and I'll hold the key, my main key to get in and out of my vehicle in that hand. And so if I am accosted while getting to my vehicle, while leaving my vehicle, I can utilize that, you know, cat accessory, the ears being pointed as a self-defense tool. And I tell people, I was like, we just, we just punch it. We just start punching it really hard as fast as we can one or two times uh, until they're like, you know, they're uh, until they react and then we get out of Dodge, we get the hell out of Dodge. And so I, I go over the pros and cons. I go over what's available. And then I go into situations and scenarios. And we work self-defense techniques from there. Very basic. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the more basic, the better. Um, I think that the more you have to learn and retain, the less likelihood when it comes to something that's super, super high stress. I mean, imagine someone coming up behind you, pushing you up against, you know, pushing you up against your car in the evening time and no one's around. Uh, I mean, that's some scary stuff. I've I've had some stuff like that happen. And so, you know, I know how much the adrenaline kicks in, how that fight or flight response, you know, hits you and how sometimes you feel like you're in a haze and you're like, "I, I don't, this can't be happening to me. This isn't real. It feels so surreal. And so, um, you know, and your ability to react 
is going to be very important and not to freeze up. And that is usually people's biggest issue to overcome is that that freeze up. And so we go over that, we talk about it. And during that four to eight week course, depending on what they, you know, they choose, I tell them how, you know, what we're going to go over, how we're going to do this, different types of scenarios and situations. And I'm all about, I, I will tell you that I don't, I don't train women to like, I, I train them to be smart to be able to defend themselves, but I don't train them to stand toe-to-toe and fight with someone because I think that usually if you are chosen as a target, if someone has picked you out of the crowd, there's a reason for it. You know, bad guys don't pick people who look stronger than them, who look like they're going to give them a hard time. Bad guys choose people they think they can easily overwhelm. So if they've already chosen you, it's because you've put yourself in a bad spot. You look weak, you're alone, it's dark, multitude of different reasons, okay? You look like a target. And so making sure that we stop that way on the forefront is important. So I I do the seminars, I do the, the little boot camp or the courses I call them. I call it like the four to eight week course our class course and it usually goes over the course of four to eight weeks so that's that's kind of why I I interchange those words of weeks and classes so I also wholeheartedly push people to train full-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu I was like you really really want to get into it train train full-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu well what about kickboxing Natalie kickboxing's great don't ever get me wrong. I think martial arts in general, any style of martial arts you want to do is fabulous. However, if you want something that's applicable to real self-defense situations and scenarios, all right, then training in a type of martial art like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like Krav Maga, like Haganah, these real hardcore self-defense styles. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, like Haganah and Krav Maga are much more combat, like, like, you know, combative. They're teaching how to break the clavicle and drag them out. Like Krav Maga is super, super intense and hardcore. And I think it's fabulous. I really do. Um, but as a female, I don't, I don't see myself breaking someone's clavicle and dragging them out of the room. Uh, you know, would I do it? Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's usually in a self-defense situation. That's not what's going to be on the menu for most women. And so that's how I kind of walk through my self-defense uh, teachings for people. Where Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, uh, I like it because it is more applicable. People grabbing, trying to sit on top of you and control you. Like those are, those are much more real time events. And also most women do not carry weapons on them. They don't, you know, they don't carry weapons. They're not familiar with it. Um, so, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of where I go with that. I also highly recommend, oh, I highly do multiple, you know, whatever makes you comfortable. I recommend making sure that you know how to use a gun. 
I recommend making sure that you know how to swing a bat. Um, uh, you know, understanding that almost anything can be used as a weapon and becoming familiar with that kind of stuff because the more knowledge we have, the more powerful we are. Just like Sinbad said back in the 90s, right? <laughs> I remember that as uh, on my uh, library wall as a kid in the school. I remember seeing Sinbad's face and he was an, as an astronaut and he's like, knowledge is power, kids. But anyway, sorry. So that's where I'm at with it. That's where I think that you should be. I think that, you know, depending on your situation, if you're heading off to college and, you you know, you can't start training Brazilian jiu-jitsu for whatever reason long term, then definitely seek out some seminars and courses. Definitely seek out getting some self-defense accessories or tools or whatever you want to call them. Because I think that they help out a lot. Especially if you're going to be walking off and on campus a lot. Definitely. Definitely have something that you can easily get a hold of to protect yourself. Um, In my next episode, I'll go ahead and talk about... Because I I always get a ton of questions about the self-defense stuff. And I will discuss the pros and cons of each one. Kind of like I touched on earlier. So, you know, like pepper spray. Pros and cons. Uh, You know... Like keychain self-defense tools, pros and cons, guns, pros and cons, knives, pros and cons, tasers, pros and cons. And so this way, you know, because there are a lot of things that are, you know, like on campus, you can't carry a gun. That's not allowed usually in most campuses. Knives, not allowed. (laughs) You know, you can get kicked out of school just because you carry a knife for protection. So that leaves you with, you know, the self-defense uh, the keychain self-defense tools and the pepper spray, the tasers. So your options kind of, kind of get limited and knowing which one would be best for you is important. So I'll break that down in my next episode. I appreciate you guys. If you have any other questions or concerns, if you'd like me to expand on something, um, that interested you during this conversation that I had (laughs) solo, Uh, I'd be more than happy to do that for you guys, okay? Go ahead. Feel free to reach out if need to. My email is pnbr10 at gmail.com. You can always catch me on Facebook. It's just, uh, you know, it's my name. (laughs) Guys, thank you so much. You have a great day. I'll catch you on the next one.